1969, Charles Manson and his followers murdered actress Sharon Tate and her unborn baby. Now, on the next Mari, Sharon Tate's sister leads the crusade to keep the Manson family behind bars for life. These people have been my nightmares since I've been a child. Should these vicious killers be set free? Manson's charming man. All of you would think he's crazy. He's insane. He's not. On the next Mari Povich Show. Today at 4 on Channel 3. probably get a hooker at walmart too i wouldn't be sorry. i mean you definitely could steve you, you hey, wait around you're gonna find one yeah, we're getting there i mean hey Everybody maybe the greeter know some things some grapes they're like i need a grape honey let's go let's go to walmart real quick i need grapes and hoes can you point me in the right direction steve, oh yeah remember, i mean i we may have watched these together but I always had this weird fascination as a kid uh, with the HBO hooker documentaries that came out in the 90s, like Hookers at the Point and uh, Pimps Up, Hose Down, those ones. It wasn't just you, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's not talked about enough because I feel like that's something of people our age, dudes especially, uh, we all watch that. You know, I don't know if it was to see titties because the titties you saw in that shit, you did not want to see, you know. It was silicone. Um, mm. it, it takes you back to a special time. I think all of those happened in the 90s, too. The narrations, the smooth jazz, and then the guy like, as we go down the flow of traffic. There's <laughs> yeah. always like a soliloquy or some shit, but then there's just some chick fucking giving some dude some insanely like violent head in a fucking 90s sedan someplace while while billy d's doing the narration <laughs> it, I tell mean, me no <laughs> tell me more lando well the school teachers off to see the sunset oh dude i just remember there was a chick on it named sit i think it was called hookers at the point is the one i'm thinking of Nick chronicles a few like local hookers. I think it's called Hunts Point, and it's in I forget where it's. At. I think it's Atlantic City. Mm. But, <laughs> yeah, it's already you're not. It's not gonna be great. But there was one chick named Cindy, and she was just like this big ass fucking broad from like Jersey, and she's like, if Cindy don't get a crack, Cindy's fucking angry. She talked in the third person all the time. She'd been fucking, and she just had insane stories. She'd be like, yeah, one night, fucking this guy fucking stabbed me. So it was just like, Jesus. It's like, all right, Cindy, are you okay? Take it easy. This is uh, before China became China, and she's got traps and shit. Oh, yeah. What? What? You don't want to see me when I'm fiending. <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, but Cindy looked like fucking. Remember uh, Ah Real Monsters, that Nickelodeon show? She looked yeah. like the thing that was holding his, his eyeballs. <laughs> that looked like a ball sack. Jesus. 
just all constantly geeked out. Just straight. She looked like New Jersey trash, but she was out there, Steve. $2 blowjobs. Maybe a hmm. cigarette if you got one for a tip. Maybe Cindy's at a Walmart near you. Cindy's dead, Steve. If she's not, if she, <laughs> she looked 50 in the dock. So that will, you know, do the math. She didn't make it to the odds. Yeah, two, Y2K took her out. Steve. She shut down. Man. So, Matt, I got a cousin that uh, said she wants to take her life really bad. Like, really bad. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I was, uh, yeah, I hate to take it to a somber note, but uh, I would, yeah, I, I was telling her, um, you don't want to kill yourself. You're just ugly. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but really, it's not okay because that's why you want to kill yourself. You're so fucking ugly. But try this try to not be ugly. And okay. maybe Sound that, okay. That's yeah. It, it, it won't be the end all be all it's not going to be the solution immediately but if you think about trying to not be ugly it'll be less time you'll be thinking about killing yourself so it's just a more of a thought it's not even doing anything it's just like i'm not ugly it's just that basically um Stuart small <laughs> okay self-love Steve, this is a dark story that we're telling here. I gotta say, this is, took a dark turn here. Hey, so, I fucking Cindy from Hookers at the point of this. I don't know. Well, this, well I mean, it's all dark side. Yeah, and, you're right. you know, some, some of us Garrett's can't help it. And she's not a Garrett Garrett. She's a, a Garrett adjacent. She's still with us. So, uh, what does that tell you? I, you know, I missed my calling as a guidance counselor. I mean, that's, what else are you gonna tell her? You know, like, does she have the money for plastic surgery? I mean, maybe Fuck she no. do. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, put you know, maybe focus on the fashion. You know, you can't change what's under the clothes, but maybe change the fashion sense. You know, some squats. You know, maybe maybe that's all. Back. It's probably best that guys see you from behind anyway. Just you know, do some. What is going on here? <laughs> What is this? Did somebody quantum leap in your fucking body? I, I, I should have been, you know, I, I should have been a psychologist. I minored in that, you know. This is some Def Gems psychology. Like, bitch, you ugly, okay? That's really all it is. Step one, face that. And like, you know, I, I wish I could quantum leap, Matt, because when I was friends with Ugly Jason, uh, he's had some of those talks like, man, you know, I really you know, like, dude, you know what? You don't really want to kill yourself. You're just ugly. God damn! Or I could have been, dude, you should totally do it. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, this whole life thing isn't your thing. Uh, you should totally maybe drive off of I-75. Maybe like surprise yourself. You know, your nose is going to survive no matter what. Because <laughs> you peaked already i'm assuming and uh, i only know you for a couple years i'm just assuming like i don't have a feeling it's going to get better but so let's just say i wonder if it got better steve some of these people that i thought maybe wouldn't i look up and i'm like you know what congratulations i just don't want to look that specific dude ugly jason he's a fucking oh, cunt dude <laughs> Yes, uh, you know, and, that, and that's why I say, you know, like, man, maybe I should have, like, pushed him closer to the ledge. Nah, just, he's going to burn out, you know, he's going to find somebody that's a nightmare just like him. 
and then they can live that nightmare lifestyle you know like I, I can't believe I'm the only one that remembers the Smurf characters the big noses they were like uh, Gargamel size and they just called each other big nose I think there was like a guy big nose and a girl big nose and Did they like, look like cavemen in a way yeah I think I that know who like, you're talking about big nose were like guys you guys are heartless but you guys never met this fucking person this kid want you deserve to slap in the face yeah if you met him even for a minute you would want to throw hard objects at his face and if and then it was like a gale the snail situation once he attached you had to figure out a way to like deattach and then you know put the curse on somebody else you had to yeah. pass it along it's like falling in a way <laughs> yeah uh, you got to keep your distance that's exactly right because in falling you had to stay a certain amount of distance away and then it couldn't go into somebody's body that's what we did we were like close the doors as long as he can't cross the threshold we're good yeah it's like man this guy's never going to get laid oh my god he touched me oh now i'm never going to get laid whoa he's oh, touching all he's no. hanging out with my friends <laughs> oh man me. We are the unfuckables. Um, but yeah, like, you know, looking at his face makes you want to throw hard objects at his face because it looks like hard objects have already been thrown at his face. He's like, ah, I thought that was what I was supposed to do. It just sucked for me because I was fat. So when he was like feeling desperate to not get shit on, he would be like, yeah, but you're fat. And that always gets a laugh. I mean, I get it. Even I'm like looking, I get it. It's a great, you know, it's a great assist. But, you know what I'm but saying? But as we see now, you can change that. I mean, uh, clearly, but maybe he again, Steve, change is possible. I got facially. I mean, the guy's probably ugly. fucked up in the grill. But maybe the personality, though, the personality was the thing that bothered me. The, the, the nose, I didn't care about that, other than the, the snortings. No, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Personality can overcome uh, feature feature obstacles. Um, but this one, it's, it's no, it's a no win, man. Um, <laughs> no, sir, I didn't like it. <laughs> and, and, no I, and just knowing how he was then, I don't think he's learned the error of his ways. I think he's become a bigger idiot, a bigger, older idiot. Um, now, mind you, people, we are not cold gallus, at least in not, not in this instance. This guy is a real piece of shit. I promise you. I mean, you just, you, you have to be there. It all, I get it. Uh, from the outside looking in, you're like, God damn, that's harsh. But when you're in the eye of the hurricane, you, you'll, you'll understand. The complete opposite of Midas touch. That is one big pile of shit. Another shit show, uh, no pun intended, I wanted to ask you about is the uh, hilarious Johnny Depp, Amber Heard shit that they're just publicizing all over the place, like this court case that's going on. And uh, how it's uh, like, it's keep, it's happening a lot now where, I mean, a lot of people are just unfortunately passing away, but a lot of these people we thought were cool 10 years ago, even like uh, these people are all you're, we're seeing the like the facade cracking completely you know it's we're, we know too much about these people 
Yeah, it's just like with wrestling. Like I, man, I, I wish I didn't know these things about these people. Like let's pull the curtain back. Um, and sometimes it's cool, but then it's like because like Johnny Depp, I liked him for a lot. I love a lot of his movies. He got to hang out with Hunter S. Thompson. I always thought that was fucking dope because I'm a huge Hunter S. Thompson fan. But then you see him in court looking like a strip club manager, talking about yeah. a chick taking grumpies in his bed. And yeah. the thing that bothered me even more about that, Steve, the fact that he calls wine purple, like that's what he calls, he's like, give me a glass of purple. I'm Johnny Depp. Yeah. Like, no, come on. He's Johnny come Depp, on. though. I mean, that, that's been his thing. Yes, he's the guy in all the Tim Burton movies. He, only he can call wine purple. Give me a glass of purple, 1997, please. But the fact that this scategorical thing was even talked about in court, like, this is your payback, bitch? Y'all got into an argument and you shat in his bed? You thought that shit was funny? <laughs> bitch, this is the same place you gotta lie in. Like, even after you clean the fucking mattress and the sheets, like, throw the sheets out. You clean that, you gotta deep scrub that shit and it's still gonna have <clears throat> a poop stench to it. Bitch, I mean, you stupid. The red, like, how good was the fucking or what 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 was it that made you overlook not only her taking a dump in your bed playing all these mind games i think she ripped his or bit his fucking finger off like what was how much purple were you on johnny come on dude you gotta take walk away man well that's holly weird for you man they're in all kind of sexual deviant shit God. and all the the, the jurors are just like tell us more about the shit yeah. shit we want it's, and shit. it's like a complete like circus like they're you see clips of him like laughing hysterically they're like object the the other guy person's lawyers like objecting to his own shit it's ridiculous yeah. which you makes me shit, think is it fake because he did hang out with hunter s thompson i think that guy knew how to manipulate media and be a part True. of the story so you know, maybe Johnny, one, he obviously likes to hang out with fucking chaotic ass people, like people that will shit in your bed and rip your finger off. But maybe he's like, you know what? I already lost this fucking movie. Like, I got, I'll, I'm gonna get this kind of famous now. You know, like he knows how to do that. I'm gonna go into court dressed like a Midwestern butcher hipster, and you know <laughs> yeah. that'll be startling. That that alone will be startling. My appearance. You guys want to see what the fuck's going on here <laughs> yeah i mean this is it's wild but uh you know shout out to johnny depp living the take a shit in my bed lifestyle having some purple you know it sounds great Steve. i mean the guy's still he's and here's the thing he ain't he ain't broke people i keep hearing people say he's broke dude's just hollywood broke you know he's got like 30 million that, that's broke to him because the motherfucker owns like an island and shit and it's like you know, I can't pay for the island anymore, guys. Man, you got those Ed Scissorhand residuals sitting somewhere <laughs> in a foreign land. Yeah, dude, Bobby Bonilla's collected checks. You telling me somebody didn't hook you up, Johnny? How much purple you been drinking? You lost all yeah, that. You, you don't get a percent of none of that Nightmare on Elm Street shit? None of it? No, I mean, somewhere. Maybe just like a fucking 21 Jump Street, just like a little boost, you know? little 25 cent check any anything will help johnny at this point so we're gonna start a gofundme for johnny Depp. 
For real. No, shit, I'm not. I ain't chipping in on that shit. You Johnny Depp, motherfucker. You have all the opera. You were in every Tim Burton movie, motherfucker. And, and if Tim Burton could quantum leave, he probably wish he could put you in Batman instead of Michael Keaton. He's had, he has oh. such a hard on for you. That probably almost happened. I mean, Johnny Depp was probably going to be a joker at one point. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that, Steve, to be honest. Now, yeah, he looks the part. <laughs> I never really kept fucking like, spicy today. Well, here's the thing, man. It, it, it took me to really look into his M Dub catalog. It's like, do you really fuck with Johnny Depp, or is, do you, are you saying that because you think he's cool? And it's like, man, yeah, the dude has always been considered handsome by bitches. And I'm sure he had no problem getting tail for a long time. But movie-wise, his art, his craft. I only fuck with like not even a handful, and that's me. This, that's, this is my opinion. What do I know? I'm just a guy with a podcast. Uh, it's his or hands. Uh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't even know. I, it's more about Freddy in that in that series. Um, I mean, he was in it for a very it, like to even say he's one of the main brings in that is I, I wouldn't even say that. He wasn't recurring. It was just he got sucked up by the bed and you're done. Uh, where else we at? Below. Definitely, um, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Fear I mean, and loathing. It's good. You gotta love that. Fucking, I. This is a deep cut, and not a lot of people are gonna know about this. But there was a movie called The Ninth Gate that I think was actually directed by Roman Polanski. So, say what you will, but it's about some guy that's like trying to find this demonic, like satanic book. It's super trippy. It's, it's cool. But then again, there's all this fucking shit around it now. So, but that was good. I like Sleepy Hollow, but that's a Tim Burton movie. And care for it, man. I, mean, it I get put it. Put me to sleep, shit. I get it. Um, I mean, Tim Burton himself. Like, I, I thought, like, oh man, that whole collab that he does with Johnny Depp, they're so cool, man. They do weird shit. Like, I don't really fuck with Tim Burton like that. Especially after the shit he said about African Americans, like they don't fit my aesthetic. We sure as fuck they don't. Uh, everybody looks like Vincent Price in your fucking flicks. Like, no. Yeah, you gotta um, look like you're a fucking a corpse in the morgue to be in this fucking movie. I mean, honestly, Tim Burton, I like a Beetlejuice. I like a original Batman and Batman Returns. Uh, I do like... Pee-wee. I There you go. I would see, I don't even associate with that with him, but it is him. You're right. So that... And then, you know, I, what... Did he do Nightmare on Elm Street? Or not? No. Not, I mean, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That was he did him. That. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. It, but after that, I'm out. I, and the Willy Wonka shit, anything that's come out after all that, I'm done. I, it's not been good. Even Alice in Wonderland shit. I watched shit, Willy I'm, Wonka on acid, Steve. Just out of my mind, in that movie still, I was like, this is a piece of trash, guys. It's hot garbage. And that Alice in Wonderland shit, I don't give a fuck about that. Nope. I'm caring about that. It, like, it was, I get it. It's interesting. Like, the cartoon was dope. There's all this fucking hidden meanings. It's trippy to watch when you're on mushrooms or whatnot. But at this point, like, stop making Alice in Wonderland. There's no take that you're going to offer that's going to impress me. Uh, even it, like, it's fine. We get it. You know, stop. Overrated, bro. Overrated. I, I, I don't know if you've always felt this way. And I don't want to veer your opinion on Johnny. I mean, you know, he's got some... He Donnie got some Bro- hits, okay, Donnie Brosk. I'm trying to think in my head, Steve. Donnie, Donnie Brosco was dope. Uh, more recently, people didn't really talk about it, but I thought he did good in that Black Mass movie that was like the Whitey Bulger movie. I don't even know if you saw that shit. It's on HBO Max. I've been meaning to watch it. Um, I've mean, heard good things. The movie... 
it's okay. Him yeah. in the movie, he's fucking dope in it. He's good. Okay. I so, checked that uh, out. I misspoke. There, there's more than a handful, but he has a plethora. I don't give a fuck about none of that pirate shit either. He has a plethora in his catalog. And like out of that shit, I probably fuck with a uh, decent chunk of it. He even was in a Robert Rodriguez movie that maybe wasn't the best, but I, I even like that. I, I thought like for a while he had like he has a sense of humor about it. I thought he was like a guy who was sort of self-aware enough. I didn't think it was like this out of control drunk mess. It was just drinking wine and having chick shit in his bed. You know, I thought he put a little thought into it and was like cool with the fact that maybe he understood he was like a heartthrob dude, but now, you know, he's an actor, but he got it. He had a sense of humor. Now, I don't know if that's the case, if this is all real. Uh, he does seem to be the sort of coming out on top in this situation, but it's yeah. like, God, like, can somebody keep it together? It, it, the way I look at this is what does it affect? Wins or loses. Like, he was already doing shitty movies that I didn't give a fuck about for the most part in the last couple of decades. Uh, now, the, the boss movie that you're talking about, where he's a, a crime boss, I'll check that out. But that's one out of, I don't know how many he's made in the last two decades, man. I mean, I feel like he got replaced because, like, he was willing to sort of alter his appearance to be in movies, you know? Like, he made himself look shitty and blow at a certain point he's shaved yeah. his head to be in uh fear and loathing in las vegas you know it is what it is that's not that big of a deal but like i feel like now colin farrell's sort of taking that role and johnny depp's aged out of being the sexy guy now he yeah. has to be the weird looking guy <laughs> you know so but, but you don't have to i mean you you can carry that sexiness to you die like i just look at sean connery just like, do sauvage still- commercials and fucking play fucking guitar in the desert with some foxes or whatever like just keep doing that because people still you know it's like nick cage ain't done really shit but he's still like famous like he was in the 90s like i guess because we're old and we're just like remember con air well he was never looked at as a sex symbol he was like an action you don't think like, so he was an action slash comedic he had comedic background Johnny didn't like he he was always known as like the ooh and ah guy like oh he's so dreamy and like you know he, he never really had a I think crybaby that's probably the most comedic thing that I could <clears throat> rattle yeah. off man I mean there was probably I, I, could, I just am like struggling to remember Johnny Depp movies which uh, whatever but you're right exactly you know like again, again you're right it's he's not this is sucks because uh it's tarnishing whatever legacy he had but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm like looking at it with like uh rose colored glasses i feel like most of us have we were under a ruse and that's okay i was under the ruse he was so handsome uh, though steve he just was like johnny yeah and he's just like he's multi-character ish like he does all these things he's edit scissor hands he's crybaby he is a, a fucking pirate He's the Mad Hatter. Ah. And he has like this mad artistic look where he's always smoking like those black hand rolled cigarettes. He's always got like the the lock of hair that's falling right. He's got like a fucking like the poet. The, yeah, the, the poet guy fucking deal that looks like he plays acoustic and like gets bitches panties wet. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg at the end of Rockstar. That, look. that type of Deep shit, time. man. We, we were on under a ruse, man. Um, all of his best shit was like 
before the 90s and during the 90s for the most part man and speaking from the perspective of you know, normal people it is kind of nice like i've had many struggles with crazy bitches in my past i've you know had issues it's nice to know that people like johnny depp who are, you think are they're like the top upper echelon of society or like whatever yeah you're like at least there's he's got to deal with that too you know <laughs> he, he lets bitches get too comfortable that's what it is I guess I mean a, a grumpy in the bed Steve I'm not that's we're gonna have to break up yeah he, like he wasn't hitting up Hollywood and Vine enough like step out and like all them bitches go crazy yeah you see that yeah you could be replaced yeah and he ain't even got to say that he they could just go out together He's Johnny Depp, and like they go back home, and that's a reminder, it's a mental note. Like, motherfucker, like, yeah, I'm still that motherfucker. Plus, Amber Heard, it's like, bitch, I'm gonna ruin your career, I, whatever it was. Like, I, the only movie I know that I've seen that she was in was Aquaman, and that was a giant heaping piece of shit. So, is that John Heard's daughter, the, the dad off Home Alone? Shit. I don't even know. I hope not. That guy, but if it is your daughter's a fucking lunatic. That's what I heard. <laughs> Richard and Dawn Heikela loved and cherished their adopted son Matthew. Then one day he wrote them a thank you note. Last week Matthew Heikela was sentenced, but before he faced the judge, he faced the cameras of a current affair. I'm not solely responsible in this. A world television exclusive. It didn't seem real. It didn't seem like it was happening. Inside the mind of a murderer. Matthew, chapter and verse. Tonight at 7 on Channel 3. This is Steve G and Matt G with Happened in the 90s, a show where we talk about things that happened in the 90s. So get out your shack jerseys and your no limit chains because you got to walk like a G, talk like a G, walk like a G. I got them loving my drug dealer's shred. Damn, son, where'd you find this? That's that fame. I'm fiending, Steve. Today, my friend, mon frere, we are talking about all the things May 5th in the 90s. Filth! Filth! Starting off with 1992, Gangstar, once again, they released their, not debut album, but Daily Operation. It's 18 tracks, 53 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, Guru and DJ Premier, the dynamic duo, this is another classic. It got a lot of uh, claim, uh, critics, the, the critics respect it heavily. Uh, five stars on the source, five stars or four and a half stars, no less than four. Um, take it personal, X girl to next girl, uh, and too deep were the releases. Now you're the expert, Steve. What do you think of this album? Do you agree with all of the what you just read there? Are those your um, words, or is this you know? Th this is one of those. Okay, so this is one of those albums where I have to like set my myself in the early '90s. Um, it, it's not as polished as it, like hip hop albums are later in the decade. Um, but if we're just going off of skill and the music itself, I, I definitely see why, man. Um, okay. Like, 
their their whole style was really jazzy. It, it was like hip hop, but DJ Premier added just so much fluid to the chemistry, man. Steve, what the fucking are, are you a musical professor, Steve? Musical history? I'm just a guy with the podcast, buddy. That's I need to check them out. I I'm bad with music. You guys are keep t- talking about Pusha T's new album. That's something I should actively want because of my fandom, and I just haven't even listened to that. I'm I'm stuck man. in the ways, Steve. Well, well, man, you you ain't even like caught up to '92 when this shit came out. Gangstar, <laughs> right? Hey. I'm down. I'm out, Steve. I'm out of the music. Like legendary ass group. Um, you know, I, I know they're they're based out of Boston. But still, like heavily respected Guru was, man. And like before we talked about them in, in the last episode, um, did you what did you know about DJ Premier? Like what was your I just heard knowledge? people talk about Gangstar and how I did I think I knew he was dead. And I think maybe I heard something about him through like listening to Dave Chappelle talk. No, Guru's dead. DJ Premier, I'm asking you about. Like what do I know about DJ Premier? Nothing. Yeah. Well, I may he, have heard he was, the name, but Okay, uh, in together now, uh, Fred Durst and Method Man. Yeah, he was the producer of that, um, and that that's that, that's just like one. I I just picked that out of a fucking. I don't branch. know if that's the one he'd want you to throw out, but I do know uh, that song. Something that you could relate to, or that you're like, and I know you fucked with Limp Bizkit like I did. Of course, I did, Steve. Yeah, we we're in Perrysburg. I think that's the only CD they sold. So. <laughs> As they should. But um, I actually saw DJ Premier, uh, one of my visits in Los Angeles, man. Uh, this was All-Star Weekend in 2011, and me and my buddies were at a soul food restaurant. And as we're walking out, uh, DJ Premier, uh, lo and behold, is standing right there talking to DJ Jazzy Jeff uh, right oh, at the door, fuck? man. Yeah. And like, you know, you it's All-Star Weekend. Did you say no, we, None of it. Like, I'm the only one that noticed at first. Um, and, and, you know, I mentioned it to my buddies and they're like, dude, that, I think that really was them. Um, and this was All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles. And, you know, the, the cool rule is to, like, you know, act like you're used to this shit, act like, especially All-Star Weekend. Um, and no disrespect to Premier or Jazzy Jeff, I, I could at least withhold that rule um, because they're not Will Smith or, you know, Lil Wayne. It's just like, oh, shit, it's, it's Wheezy. I don't like to I really don't like to approach people like that I don't after Fred Durst huh yeah it's just, just you don't know what's gonna happen if you get there, used to <laughs> uh, you know and from I mean, that day all PTSD, this year but I get it that's weird I don't know I feel like it was maybe it wasn't you that was there I know Jordan was there, but we went to fucking Roscoe's one time and somewhere in Hollywood. It was one of the locations. I was Hollywood. with you. The one with Scarface. Yeah. I knew I knew you were. I thought it was you. I knew somebody was yes. there visiting, which is why we went. I remember that. I mean, I guess that's exactly. just a fucking hot spot. You go there, you're going to see somebody that's been a big name in hip hop at one point. Now, in hindsight, I wish I said something to Scarface because this is when I was living in Houston. And I just happen to be visiting Los Angeles and I see and I see a Houston legend coming out of uh, chicken and waffles. And uh, he just seems like a cool dude. Like He looked like he it, was having a blast, dude. He had fucking mad chicks with him. Big fucking big 
beautiful women with him. And I mean, he was just laughing, dude. He's having a good time, man. And I just wanted to show quick love, quick flowers. Here, here's a toss. You the shit. Thank you. I that's that's unfortunate. I lived near near it during COVID, but I lived like a block away from a Roscoe's in Long Beach when I lived there. And I, they had like a jazz club next to it. It looked like some place where they just had mad fucking people come all the time. But during COVID, I mean, it was just fucking empty. So that's depressing. Fucking COVID. The Long Beach was tight. LBC was fucking tight, Steve. You missed that. Oh, yeah. That was, if I ever can achieve greatness again and live where I live there, I mean, that's the dream, Steve. Beach life. That Samuel L. Jackson and Jackie Brown life with fucking uh, the white. Sharonda. <laughs> this shit is repugnant. Now, 1993, on May 5th, Quantum Leap is airing their series finale, Mirror Image, August 8th, 1953. Sam leaps into himself in the middle of a tavern in a coal mining town filled with familiar faces. Sam gets an opportunity to change Al's life. This is like, it's so trippy. I mean, I never watched all these episodes, but this episode, I feel like it could have been great, Steve. I feel like what I saw here, it was like, I was into, I was like, what's going on? Like, what's, and I knew there was like some, uh, let's say bad feelings of this episode. Like people that watched the show hated it for obvious reasons, but. Yeah. I had hope. I had high hopes for this, man. Um, and we talked about this or mentioned it like probably around this time last year when we covered Quantum Leap because it's been a while and um, it, it just has a, a open ending. They, they try to give it an ending, but it was abrupt to, to all of the fans. It was abrupt, especially um, in like the momentum of the episode. It's abrupt because it's like yeah. we're going to get all the answers and then yeah. it's fucking straight trash. But, you know. It is what it is. Fucking Sam's been fucking leaping around into people's bodies. And then, you know, he always looks in the mirror. It's some, it's, he's some goofy looking dude or some chick. And yeah. it's not him, but he gets, le- he leaps right into his own body, Steve. And my first question, and this is trippy, this is a pot question. Having leapt into all these other bodies, having seen other faces in the mirror for, I don't even know, five years, I guess, or at least five seasons of the show. Do you forget what you originally looked like? Hmm, that's a great question. Because they didn't have mirrors when they, like, went back to the headquarters. Like, you know, just a reminder. Like, do I, like, my nose still up here? Okay. Yeah, like, I was just, I mean, I was very high when I watched this episode. And I was just As like, you should. I mean, you have to be to watch this and enjoy it. Um, but I was just like, the guy's seen a different face in the mirror over and over again. Like he's probably forgotten mad faces, but I I guess I'm wrong about that because he sees a lot of familiar faces in this mysterious bar slash restaurant that he's leapt into. Um, I I, I thought I was a black woman named Ruth. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? Hmm. But he's looking in the mirror. He's talking to this bartender, this bartender, a famous face from the 90s always like a bit player always like it maybe an evil businessman he was in black sheep as like an evil like crony okay uh, that chris farley movie but he's a bartender named al al strange and he's very mysterious steve 
You know, he seems jovial. He seems like he's like a great bartender at first, but then there's he's throwing out all these like deep little digs. He's throwing out these like Buddha questions and shit. You know what I'm saying? And you know, Sam is privy to this because he's like, man, you know too many things to be a bartender, Jackie Gleason lookalike dude. Yeah, what the fuck? But Sam's like, okay, I'm me, but I'm when. Where am like where am I? What's going on? And he's like looking around. It's all dusty. It looks really humid wherever they're at. Um, and then he requests the he gets the sports page off Al, and he looks, and it's actually the day he was born, August eighth, nineteen fifty three. But yeah. weird because he's an adult man. He's seeing himself. What's going on here? Very confusing. I'm very confused. Steve. Me too. Offer it. Um... You know, and he asked, uh, the bartender asked if there's something wrong. And he said, and he looks, he's like, oh, that's, that's me in the mirror. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, what the, dude, what, what the fucking, what, what kind of drugs are you on, man? And, and this uh, all-seeing bartender, he's like, you let a lot of time go by, you could lose touch of reality. Um, now, it's 1953, the year Sam was born. Uh, and he was born the same time he came through that door, actually. Um, there, there's a mention of a guy named Gushy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's so many it, weird names in this episode. It, it, it's such a weird name to call a guy. Um, He's Gushy, dude. Oh, he looks like Old Man Winter, everybody. This guy just saunters into the bar. Is like, Ugh. he looks like he's like a ripped up ZZ Top lookalike. He yeah. comes in, takes a shot, and just leaves. And he that's looks like good. Abe Simpson's friend. That, yeah. that like his old drinking partner. And <laughs> and his name's Gushy. Fucking yeah. he's fucking Gush. Yeah. What, what what's the next line you got? I. I I, we're, we can't roll with Gushy. What, what else you got? Yeah, like, but dude, as we find out later, Steve, Al's responsible for all the nicknames. I don't even want to know how Gushy got his fucking nicknames. <laughs> like, yeah, lefty, he cut his left hand off. Gushy, you don't want to know. You know what I'm saying? And then in comes a guy named Stapa. Stapa? Stompa. Stompa, and he's fucked up. He's, <laughs> he's got all a in his the neck. Fuck up. Yeah, he looks like he's definitely needs like a chiropractic work done. Yeah, he slipped the disc for sure. Stompa, he's and he's salty, Steve. He's just like this. It's a bunch of salty like Russian miners. Did you go to fucking Chechnya? Like, where the fuck are you, dude? He, yeah, he looks like he can never hear you. And he's always like bragging about some old school shit. He's like, yeah, I was back in day. I loaded 24 tons of coal. These fucking pussies can't even load 10 tons today. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You old gimpy fuck. He takes great pride in his coal mining. And uh, that's very odd. Like who just comes into a tavern and tells their life story to a complete stranger? Oh, you're no miner. I'm a miner. Let me tell you about it. I mean, he finally saw somebody at the angle his neck and he was like, oh, I haven't seen anybody for decades, buddy. My fucking, I need some, (laughs) can I get a massage, please? 
I've just been talking to my hump on my neck. I call it, her Matilda. But it's all very, like, still very surreal. You know, every, it's very bizarre. Obviously, this is a bizarre show. He's he's time leaping and body leaping and shit. So Gushy's in there. Al's in there. Stampa, he's in there being salty. And then uh, in walks another guy. And Sam has, like, this weird, like, acid flashback. And what he's seeing is this same person in the context of whatever leap uh, he saw him in in his life. So this guy, yeah. uh, he thought his name was Frank. This guy, Frank, called him. He's like, you ain't retarded. That's the only flashback to this guy was him going, I'm telling you, you ain't retarded. Yeah. <laughs> That's You're <it>. just slow. <laughs> That's it. But cut to wherever Sam's at now he's hugging this guy he's like Frank Frank and this guy's like hey fruitcake get the fuck off what is going on yeah. here yeah you know light in the loafers hey what's his name his name Tucci fucking yeah, like, uh, we got Tucci and Gushy and Bushy dude it's it's too yeah. much that that was Lil Wayne's Twitter handle Tunji. <laughs> little Tunji, bud why is Wing Weezy baby Tucci <laughs> Where am I, little Wayne? Um, but then now, okay, so shit's shit's fucked up, Steve. Sam's all out of sorts. He's sweating. It looks sweaty in there. I would never want to eat in this fucking bush ass bar. Well, well, Sam asked him uh, about his brother, and he's like, "Man, don't be asking about my, my brother. Man, what you know about my brother?" And he's like, "Well, is, is he mentally retarded?" Uh, like, what the fuck? fuck? <laughs> no, well, no, does he have a mental disability? Hey, don't use fancy words like disability or retardation or mental uh, to describe my brother ever again. It's the 1950s and we don't use uh, extra syllables around here, all right, Einstein? Brother has a beautiful yet very innocent personality, so watch what you say. He's a special creature from God. But, you know, uh, obviously Sam... It's the same. This guy does have a slow brother. He's just, you know, a little uh, bashful about it. But something's going on here, Steve. The multiverse is fucked up. Something's going on here. And uh, we cut to Al. Oh, he's talking to Gushy, and he's asking. <laughs> no, but Steve, these are different Al's and different Gushies. This is a yeah, diff- this, this Gushy's way worse than the other Gushy. I'll tell you that. This is the real Gushy, and he's asking how Ziggy will find Al. Uh, and, the, and Al's like, man, I'm not sure if he can. He's in here. Okay, so and they're, basically their only explanation is, and I don't even know how this haywire shit happened other than a glitch in the system, but he's in his body, but they have no idea where he's at in time. He could be with dinosaurs in his body. Yeah. But it's, you know, so uh, Al and fucking Gushy, who looks like a futuristic Rip Taylor and fucking... <laughs> It looks crazy. Uh, But, you know, these are other two people that Sam knows in his time that are in this bar. There's a Gushy. There's an Owl. Shit, again, there's these weird parallels. And we cut back to uh, Sam. Um, Again, he's acknowledged this is the day of his birth, Steve. He should be suckling his mother's teeth. And now he's nursing his third beer, wondering, what the fuck am I going to do? Which one of these coal miner dicks am I going to have to suck to get out of this fucking town? I mean, what's yeah, going to happen here? How, how do I get out of my body? All of these coal miners are musty. 
I'm gonna get fucking black lung disease being around. These motherfuckers are out here just fucking coughing on me. Fucking, you know, they're gushing all over the place. Gushy's gushing. But, you know, it is what it is. And he's like, I'd be like trying to walk around at least. He seems, he's like Beetlejuice. He can't leave this house, you know? And now he encounters a guy named Ziggy. Uh, And now we got Ziggy, Tunchi, Gushy, and Al. And he's talking to Ziggy about the ionosphere. And the fact that his name is Ziggy and he knows somewhat about the ionosphere, um, that piques his interest as well. It's like, man, what the fuck is really going on? I'm going to get to the bottom of this shit. And meanwhile, Strump is like, this fucking new guy's a fucking, he's a, he's a, one of the bar inspectors. He's going to fucking shut this place down. He's very like suspicious, very like, you know, just greasy. He looks sick, Steve. He's got a bad neck, but he's got, he looks like he's dying inside too. I don't like it. He needs some straightening. Like Migo said. He looks like Smeagol, like a Russian Smeagol. He's like, the precious coal lumps. (laughs) <laughs> he he asked Ziggy about uh, he asked Ziggy about the other Ziggy. They they're talking about each other, uh, and and the rusty Ziggy's like, well, she's a girl, and he's like, well, sorta. And I don't think we ever find out what the fuck Ziggy is. Ziggy's just like she's like Zordon, but you don't even get to see it. You know, it's like I don't I don't know. Uh, uh, Charlie's Angel. She's Charlie. Okay. Yeah, she's just out there, just you know, it's a voice, or maybe even just like a teletype or some shit, given what time it was. But it's a, a guy that identifies <laughs> as a uh, holograph woman. <laughs> and uh, the zing. Um, Sam keeps seeing these weird flashes, these weird like acid flashbacks of like his time, and then somebody in like the time he's in now is saying the same thing. So is this like? some Jacob's Ladder shit where he's dying and he's just having like these weird flashes before he actually dies. Is the multiverse broken? Is Doctor Strange about to come through some portal someplace, Steve? What, what's going on? Not even Al and fucking Cushy or Gushy can figure it out in the fucking future and their weird fucking Nick Arcade room. Yeah, man. Um, it's, and, and, you know, Al, the, the all-seeing Al bartender, uh, he gives him this bar game puzzle to try to figure out his uh, stake in life. Um, and I wish it was that easy. Uh, he basically gives him a fucking sports bar game, uh, like cherry lime. <laughs> what was it? Like, and it's like, oh, dude, you don't get the free chicken wings this time. Try again. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Here's a little fucking, it's just like spits out a little fucking label with a couple of fruits on it. I don't even get what it was. Steve. Yeah, they play those games at the little fucking local sports bar. Okay, I'll just fucking take my 10 bucks, you fucking son of a bitch. I'll pay for the wings. (laughs) But Al, in the future, he's in his weird fucking VR troopers tube imaging chamber, just going through time, Steve, in a very shitty CGI way. It's just, yeah. He's nut busting in some booth someplace looking at clouds and shit. And he's like, all right, I can't. I'm, I'm, we'll just keep watching it. And Gushy's outside just. <laughs> I, I don't get it. The future is this. The future requires this, Steve. They're on dial up connection. Fucking. Who's on the phone? Mom! 
I'm trying to look up the raw results. Jeez. It looks so bad, Steve. It looks that bad. It looks like they rendered it in the same like you said like a 56k modem where the the nudie the nudie picture was like and there's an hourglass right right in front of the nipple and it's like reversing and turning around motherfucking get sand would you drop sand when that happened steve Oh, this is hilarious. But that happened, it would always happen, like you said, right there. And I would just click with the like, mouse on her titty and be like, it's going to help. It's going to help. And it, yeah, it, it's going to expedite this process. And, and let's say if it does, sometimes on websites it did, and the fucking picture would just be blurry. But no, fuck it. I waited too fucking long. I just fucking, <laughs> I used some of my imagination. Fuck yeah, it. I'm just, coming just, from a memory at this point. Fuck this. For real. Oh, oh, I hope that wasn't her elbow. <laughs> Fuck, it was her elbow. It doesn't matter. I already came. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Well, Al's, you know, he I, he might be jerking off in there, but he definitely is not finding Sam. That's for sure. It, you know, we don't know what's going on still. We're 20 minutes into this fucking episode. And we're like... You know, Sam's either taking some bad drugs and now it's just fully like it's it's all coming to a head. You know, I don't yeah. know what's going on, Steve. And meanwhile, uh, the miners are sharing stories about how Al came up with nicknames, uh, specifically Ziggy. Uh, Ziggy got kicked by a donkey into the steam radiator. And uh, so <laughs> Al, uh, like, you know what? We're going to call you Ziggy. I don't know what the explanation was because Roku doesn't have a pause feature. And then um, Strumpo was like, because he's a fucking dumb piece of shit. <laughs> it's like, dude, what is your problem at this point? Go away. And, and Sam sets some straight, at least like mentally. Uh, and nothing you can do about that neck. But he sets him straight. And he's like, you know, I'm sick of you calling him a fucking retard. Well, well, how did you feel it. if people called you a fucking freak? Fucking hunchback. And he's like, I am a freak. And he's and Sam's like, well, touche. Uh, still, yeah, still, (laughs) just saying, but you're fucking the vibe up, stop it. And then all of a sudden, as he's about to, you know, really go in on him in his neck condition, uh, a whistle blows, and uh, Ziggy's like, trouble at the mine. So, (laughs) you know, cling, cling, cling. By the way, again, there's there uh, we're talking about a lot of Russians who are talking. The whole bar is just Russian miners, Steve. I, is that a real thing or was it like what the fuck? This is pre a Cold War era. Also, I got to point out, Steve, there is a Frasier um cameo in this episode. Uh there's a character called Bulldog in Frasier that's like the sportscaster. He's a bald little bald white dude. And that guy is the guy who talks about Ziggy getting his name. He's like one of the miners that's talking to them at the table. Okay. So shout Fun out fact. to Bulldog. But the Zing. Trouble at the mine, Steve. And it's not looking great. You know, a coal mine, there's smoke coming out of some shit, some fucking building on top of the mine. 
fucking a, I don't know why Sam feels the need to go. I guess he, well, I guess I do understand because he's a guy who goes through time and helps people. So maybe this that, is the that's thing. his purpose. Yeah, he's just like MacGyver. And uh two men we find out are trapped in a coal mine. Um those two men are Tunchi and his brother Pete, the retard. <laughs> Steve, it's not Pete the retard, it's just Tunchi and Pete. Tunchi and Pete. Uh, the, the, the slow the lovable um, follow up to Pete and Pete <laughs> right dun, 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 dun. it's me and Pete baby <laughs> I eat the pussy beat the pussy eat the pussy I'm a pussy monster baby get me out this coma <laughs> she can't survive without the lean he drinks every day we need to get lean down into that mine dude she's hey, gonna die yeah, I ain't got no bitches. I ain't nothing without my bitches. <laughs> Tunchi and Pete, Steve, they're stuck in the mine. Here's the thing about the mining business. Apparently, it's real cutthroat because the mining boss comes in. And you can tell he's the mining boss because he's got yeah. clean clothes. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's really, there. there's a lot. Of, I think there's gas that's building up in the mine. Uh, there's a fire and any spark is going to ignite the gas and explode the mine and, and just completely cave it in. Yeah, uh, and he's like, "You will not go into the mine. These men will die." Put some, and he puts some like guards up, like some evil dictator or some shit. He's like, "Fuck these men. Fuck their friends. Get over it." So if they die, they die. And I think at this point, Stump actually says something about Sam being a mining um, inspector. Like he just says, he suggests it. He yeah. he suggested to him because he he has him he has he has him over. Hey, hey, come come here, come here. And he's like, Well, you want to help Tunchi and Pete. And he's like, I think that's why I'm here. And uh Strumpy, he says, Me too. So be a health inspector. Basically pull a rouge. Yeah. Um and he also you know. shares a story, Steve, about because Stump at this point's been a cunt. He's been a cunta. He's been a fucker. You know, he's just been a, just a downer, really. You know, a party killer, an ugly Jason, if you will. And mm -hmm. he's like, look, when I was young, 12 years old, I was a miner. I got caught in a mining accident in a collapse. And he's like, the darkness was terrible. There was no food. And he's like just sympathizing with these guys. He's like these men are down there terrified. We have to do something. And like even Sam's like, I fucking thought you were a fucking prick, dude. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. But I ain't no fucking mining inspector. You know, like what do you want me to do? And I think they actually leave the mine. Like yeah. they don't actually do anything at this point. They go back to Al's. Like Al's is just like that spot, Steve. It's, it's Nipsey's and Martin. If you ain't at the apartment or at work, you going to you going to Al's, okay? And you know the real Al, he's still looking for Sam. And you know the dial-up man, somebody's on that phone, motherfucking. It's all blurry, and he gets actually gets nauseous. Steve, this technology, this perfect, this perfect futuristic technology that has allowed a man to travel through time over and over again is making this guy nauseous. Modems haven't existed yet. And gushy or tushy or whatever the fuck his name. He's just like, ah, you're nauseous. What does that mean? It's like, who is this guy? Why is he even here? Yeah, I think he likes this. Stop. Can you give me more second. Give me some, some more seconds. Give me a minute. Give me another minute. Oh, I like it. I like it. Give me. 
machine. <laughs> so you know, that they're just not. I I don't get it. But I think at some point, <clears throat> out of like, I don't know whether it's frustration or if he has some like epiphany. But he's like, go to his birthday and see if he's he's gonna be if it's if he's anywhere. Like I think they lock it down to that. They're like. We don't know when he is, but we do know it's on the day of this, the, like the birthday. What year it is, who knows? So they start yeah. doing that. So Gushy's back to fucking, you know, rubbing one out while fucking Al's uh, in the fucking jerk booth. <laughs> I hate to see you go, but I love to see you leave. Al, I know Ziggy's not gonna like this. <laughs> Walk slower for me, Al. He's just perfect while Al's in that chamber. He's just like looking like through some crack, like, oh, yeah, someday. Yeah. How do you think his hair stays up like that? Uh. <laughs> it looks like Adam Sessler from fucking X Play back in the day. You remember that show? Did you ever watch that one? <laughs> no. I'm n- you finally got me, Matt. <laughs> There's no reason you should have. Something you watch after like a, a long trip and you're up at like 4 a.m. and you're like, you know what? I want to watch two people just talk about video games on TV. Why not? One oh. of which looks like a pederast cokehead. But now Sam has flashbacks to saving an undercover cop from dying. And it's actually Al dancing with his lady. Um, but we don't see much of it. It's, it's a real quick clip. Um, and, you know, we cut back to reality or this version of reality and Tunchi and Pete, the slow are saved in the meantime. And all the guys come rushing into the tavern. Yeah, let's have beer. Let's have some schlitz. And fucking Sam looks back at Strumpa, who's just like chilling in a booth. And he's like, ah, he just disappears in light. He leaves, Steve. And he just de- dematerialized out of thin air. It just uh, He's the only person that notices this. I, out of a tavern full of miners, I guess they're fucking idiots for just being around coal all the time in the heat. And like, yeah, we can't see things. Yeah, hey guys, us. you don't think that there's there's literally a half-eaten plate of food and drink on the table. He's like, there was somebody there. And they're like, eh, it doesn't check out. There's nobody there, you fucking freak. I'll have what he's having. Yeah, he had some extra coke in his Coca-Cola. But Strump is gone, Steve. Strumpa, yeah. he's he's a leaper, and Sam realizes this. Um, but as he's like sort of freaking out about this, old man Winter uh Tucci, is that no, it's Gushy. Gushy, <laughs> the old man walks back in and he takes a shot and he's like, How do you know Strumpa? And Sam's like, I just fucking met him back here. Shit. And he's he was like, pissing me off all day. Yeah, the motherfucker was right here, just fucking talking some shit. And he's like, he says that, and Trump or, or the Gushy's like, you, I actually knew that man. He was the greatest coal loader I've ever seen. And he died in a, or like he survived a mining accident. He, he, this guy existed, and his story checks out, but the guy right. died 23 years ago, Steve. In 1933. What's going on? Nothing makes sense, Steve. Is he dying? Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? If he's in heaven and heaven's just a diner, I mean, you know, I don't like 
the big data in the sky. So he's going to have a meltdown. He's literally tracking to just fully like go postal at this point and just like, I'm going to start killing people to see if this is real life type situation. You know, he's going to go psychotic. And, and the all seeing Jackie Gleason bartender, Al, he remembers Stapa. He tells Sam, uh, despite the fact that not everyone else does, um, because sometimes that's just the way it is. And he, yeah, again, he, this guy's just very much like uh, this Buddha-like person who's like, it's just life's way of telling you, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, but wait, what does that mean? And he's like, a question's just a question, you know? Reality is the real question. And it's like, what are you, okay, what are you talking about? Where, where okay. am I? I'm being <laughs> raped. I'm being raped right now. Let's cut through the chase, uh, Riddler. Jesus. And uh, so Al appears, to, and like at this point, Sam literally is like, this guy is God. He's like, are you God? And Al the bartender's like, are you calling me God? Maybe. But what's a God? It's like, you motherfucker. He, like, he finally connects with Al after all of this. Like, the guys are celebrating and shit. Uh, you know, he just got done talking to Al. Uh, the bartender Al, and then the real Al pops up. He's like, shit, I've been waiting for you, motherfucker. Where you been? Get outside. And they go outside, and then Sam's like, look, bartender's God. Ziggy and Chunsi and Toonchi and Gushy, uh, they're here, but they're not here. You know what I'm saying? And like Al, time traveling, Al's like, bro, are you okay, dude? Yeah, you're tripping. <laughs> Big time. Did you take that fucking thing that was in my jacket that I left in there? That little piece of paper? Oh, that's 2075 weed, dude. You can't take that. That's futuristic. Man, bro, sit down for a long time. <laughs> you are fucked. But Al is very much like, because he, he start, you know, he's like telling, he's like, this guy knows something. I think this is the guy responsible for my leaps. But that Al bartender guy eventually told Sam, basically, he's like, look, if you were a priest, if you were a, a pastor in a church and they moved you from parish to parish, you'd still have your own life. Even if it's, you can't be in, uh, you're not responsible for where you go. You're still you and you're responsible for who you are. So that being said, that means you're the one responsible for all these leaps. You're leaping because this is what you want to do. You could have gone home whenever you want. And, and you think it's one life at a time, but you have to think these lives that you touch, they've touched other lives that touch other lives. So it's like a domino effect, like a, a butterfly effect. Uh, you see, you know, uh, there's actually going to be a movie called that uh, years from now. Uh, it's going to start this guy named Ashton Kutcher. He was in the stupid car movie with Stifler. It, it's Stifler. He was the guy that was an American guy that was fucking, you know, had his mom fucked by his classmate. That's a whole other story. But I'm out. I know everything, even about movies in in. 40 decades from now. They fucked a pie in it. I mean, this is all yeah. very confusing. I'm sorry. Anywho, um, you're fine, I think. You seem to be crazy. But he keeps saying this. And, like, what the, the God guy is, you know, he... This guy might be God, Steve. He might be. I don't know. Like, we don't even get an answer to this. Spoiler alert. I, I, I can relate, though, man. Uh, I've had some really good Long Islands, and I thought my bartender was God. It was like, man, maybe it's time to call an Uber. <laughs> yeah. This guy's making a lot of sense right now, you know? I think I need to go home. <laughs> he knows yeah, he's a like lot Socrates. of personal shit. <laughs> um, but 
So Al's like, look, if, you know, he, and also the God guy says, you know, you've done all this good. So do you, where do you want to go? You know, you think you have somebody telling you where to go or controlling that. He's like, but where do you want to go? And Sam's like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And he's like, well, then go home. But he doesn't go home, Steve. So Al, in future time, he tells all this to Al. And Al's like, dude, I don't, you're scaring me. So I'm going to let you just chill here. I'm going to go back. I'm going to just try to figure some shit out. Talk to Ziggy. Get gushy in on this. We're going to have a rap sesh. You know, have a couple of fucking cigars, like cigars, you know, whatever they're smoking. And uh, we're going to figure this out. I'll be right back. So Sam's just outside looking insane. Al, the bartender, comes out. They continue to have these moments. And I think at some point, the bartender really pinpoints that moment. Because that moment you said where we saw Al in the past before, Steve. Yeah. That moment was actually a moment that Sam was transported to. That was a, something one of his memories. And that actually was his biggest failure, he said. Because he had a mission in that time period that wasn't associated with Al. He saw that Al needed help, but he didn't do anything. And Al eventually just didn't reconnect with his wife. And he could have helped with that. Beth. Beth. Hot Beth. Yeah. That's kind of smoking, dude. I'll have a fucking hobby. I gotta say. Especially for the early 50s. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even really clock that. I mean, a post-World War II hottie? Nice. And uh, Sam disappears, travels back to see Beth, and uh, he's like, you know, he's a, I'm a good friend of Al's, and uh, you need to have a seat, because I got a lot of shit to unload. Uh, but I want to start off with a happy ending. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He tells her that Al is coming home. And then we zoom into a picture of a younger Al. Uh, and then basically they Sopranos this. Um, you know, we, we get a, but with this one, we get a caption, uh, somewhat of an explanation. Uh, Beth never remarried. Her and Al have four daughters and they were uh, expecting a 39th anniversary. Sam never returned home. Uh, it's such a Debbie Downer. This is one of my least favorite uh, finales of a show I loved. Hate it. Complete and blue balls. The I mean, the audacity to put so much effort, like what we just talked about, Steve. I mean, we were cracking on it, but the amount it looked good. The shit looked pretty cool, and it was like you put that much effort into it, and then the last two minutes are Sam never returned home in a black screen with white. It's like, can I? What the fuck? I got blue balls. Quantum leap. Al fucked up somehow like I don't that's what I didn't really get I mean there's nothing to get the show's ridiculous but was Al all like did he get a job there and he's like look honey I'll be home from the future later like I don't get what the situation really was he never got you know the the wrap up man we never got closure uh you know it could have been him paying his dues to get into heaven and uh, there was a lot of missed opportunity, man. This ended in 93. Dean Stockwell just passed away, I believe, last year or 2020. Um, you know. What's his name? What's the guy's name? Scott Bakula is still with us. And so I feel, I feel, yeah, the, the only way to make this right is have Scott Bakula play the owl role and have a much younger guy. Um, but it's up to the writers to make sense of this. Scott Bakula, I know you're watching. Get, get the peacock on the horn. 
Get your beautiful ass in gear, Scott Bakula. Leap over. Yeah. And this episode was actually shot before the show was canceled. I just is bizarre. To, it's it's such a fucking downer letdown of an ending. It's just I get why fans of the show were pissed. I mean, this is it's almost not even worth it to show this episode. Just fucking stop. Don't even like yeah. put that out there. Just like Alf. A woman with no memory. Is she a missing wife or a murderer? Veronica Hamill, Dennis Farina, Stephen Collins. What is the secret behind the disappearance of Nora Sunday? Now, that following year, 1994, American teenager Michael P. Fay is caned in Singapore for theft and vandalism. Um, I remember hearing about this being a big deal back in the day. And as an adult, uh, I applauded. Uh, he should have got his ass cane and whooped because the fucker was just doing the absolute most. Uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, he is. And he was uh, punished for theft of road signs and vandalizing, vandalizing 18 cars over a 10-day period in September of 93, which caused a temporary strain in relations between Singapore and the United States. Uh, Faye pleaded guilty, but he later claimed that he was advised that such a plea would preclude caning and that his confession was false, that he never vandalized any cars, and that he only, the only crime he committed was stealing road signs, which he shouldn't have done that, you fucking How asshole. How the fuck are you going to get the road sign home once you get like come back, you dumb yeah. fuck? But this motherfucker took what? Six, he was gonna take six canes to the feet. Where That's it. You, where do you take the lashings? Because I know my story, which seems to be the same one you're reading from, later on says that the number of cane strokes in phase sentence was ultimately reduced from six to four after United States officials requested leniency. Be like, fuck this little fuck. He his ass over there. Fucking six canes to the feet, you little dumb son of a bitch. And as a child, he was diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I didn't even know that exists. That just shows you how much privilege he fucking had. This was in the fucking. He, he's older than us, Matt. We he's all have that, Steve. Yeah, you they just have a name is? for it. Yeah. It's it, it's being normal. You're just thinking about a lot of shit. I I have that shit. Shit. I think I'm fucking uh, dyslexic too. Why throw that on top? I never got it. Who gives a shit? The guy, you you were fucking smart enough to steal a fucking roadside. You know what I'm saying? Fucking dumbass dummy. (laughs) That is not how I was thinking we were going to talk about Michael Faye. And Michael Faye can eat a dick, man fucking asshole he's probably a trumper too 1995 former guns and roses drummer steven adler is arraigned on a felony count of possession of heroin in addition to two misdemeanor drug charges i mean i can't believe that the drummer of guns and roses was doing drugs oh my like, God. You know. i thought that was like somebody's mother <laughs> billy you forgot your soup what what, Sally? Like, what? Well, of course he was doing heroin, guys. Yeah, just follow him. This is the He's 90s. always going to be doing heroin. Yeah, <laughs> he's the drummer. The guy stinks like heroin, and heroin doesn't even smell that much, Steve, so you know he's doing a lot. Copious amounts. Or should I say opious amounts? <laughs> nice. Nice. 
um, on that same day in 95, uh, the last basketball game at Boston Garden is had. Uh, the Celtics are eliminated from the playoffs by the Orlando Magic, 95 to 92. Uh, now, we talked about the last regular season game in the Boston Garden. This is the last game forever. Uh, the, the house that Russell and Auerbach and Kuzi and uh, Bird and McHale and Parrish, all like Danny Ainge, this is where all that shit went down. Yeah, but Shaq and company didn't give a fuck about this shit. Bitch, we on our way to the finals to get swept by the Rockets. It's 1995. That shit was so disappointing. God, I yeah. love Shaq. God, I love that out. That fucking uniform, Steve. We all yeah, one of the it. best. We all I, I, I never did. I wish I did. Oh, um, I had the black one. That's the one I had. I, I want a Penny and Shaq one. I had Shaq, but honestly, would have preferred Penny looking down the road. I wish I would have had that still. One day, man. Uh, 1998, Frasia is airing the episode Roz and the Schnoz. Roz stays with Frasia while her new apartment is being painted and panics when she receives a message from Rick's parents, her baby's future grandparents. Steve, I, I, I hope you like this episode. I keep recommending Frasier and I keep just hoping <laughs> that I don't have bad taste. But I, I think this well, is a classic. I have not been disappointed with any of the Frasier selections. Um, and man, Easter egg that I caught. I know you know I caught. Um, and I kind of got a feeling that's why you suggested this particular one. What is it, Steve? Well, I've said this on this show. Steve and Garrett... It's a very common name, Matt. <laughs> I didn't. And Steven, Steven is a very common name. It, it's been used a lot in 90 shows. Uh, and it's so common. Sometimes they use my full fucking government. <laughs> they went hard. I Honestly, Steve, I did this because of just the end part cracks me up so much. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. This guy's name is Steven Garrett. Now looking at, you know, just the conversation we had about a guy with a big nose at the beginning, it's feeling a little awkward. I gotta say. And how we also talked about how ugly some of the Garrett's are. (laughs) Some of the Garrett's. Because, you know, I'm not You're a beautiful man. man, Yeah, I'm not an ugly man by any stretch, but every now and then I wake up and I'm like, man, I'm kind of sick of this shit. So I get my cousin. You know, it's not going to solve the problem, but shit, you know, you just like, hey, try. Just try not to think. Like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to be more beautiful. Just like these Garrett's, they don't give a hey. They don't give a you know? fuck. Yeah, they don't even. It's all gravy. They're gonna it's smell all your full beer. circle. <laughs> so you know, it is a classic, Steve. And when we open up, it's 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 common Fraser. We're in Cafe Nervosa. It's Fraser. It's Niles. They're having a nice coffee. You know, exactly. They're skip scabadoo and uh, Niles is telling Frazier about this very heartwarming tale of a brother giving his brother a lung to save his life. And Frazier, being the consummate psychological professional he is, sees right through it. And is like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah. You ain't getting a lung, so what the fuck do you want? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't want your lung, but I would like for you to accompany me to the kennel show when it comes to town. Because... Uh, my ex, she'll be there with Dr. Shankman. Uh, and a little, um, just 
nice little background for you, Steve. Dr. Shankman was Niles and Maris's marriage counselor and actually stole Maris from Niles. Niles and this Dr. Shankman almost touched dicks in a very hilarious episode where they get into a dark room together and think Maris is in bed, but it's just both of them. And that's where Niles catches on that uh, they're having an affair. So wow. just a little background, just a little Frasier background for you, Steve. A little zip zap and it's a hard knock life for Niles, man. <laughs> so Niles, he's hurting, but I'd be like, I'm not going to some fucking dog show with my brother. Like, I gotta go out here and get some pussy, dude. Which you need to do too. Fuck these, fuck these bitches. Yeah, you need to do like Charles and rebound in this bitch. <laughs> so, <clears throat> it is what it is, Steve. Um, Roz. She's out of sorts. She has to get out of her place. And uh, she's like, you know, I need a place to stay. This, that. I think something's happened. She's getting a renovation done. Frazier's like, you know what? My old man's going to San Francisco. So just come stay in my place. Very nice. I, I mean, Roz is a mess, Steve. She has men all over the place. She's got a kid. I'd be like, let me get you a, me get you a hotel, Roz. Yeah, she doesn't want her kid to catch any of that mesothelioma. Like, you know, it, it might be in the paint. It's that lead paint, man. And uh, Martin is getting ready for his flight. Uh, and along the way, he sees some earrings that Fraser bought for Daphne at the CVS. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, at the CVS. Some, some of those nice CVS earrings. Yeah, it's, it's the thought. And, uh, you know, he presents them to Daphne. And unbeknownst to Fraser, uh, Daphne takes this as a five-year anniversary. This is the this marks the fifth year that he's that she's worked for the Cranes. Sapphires, um, so, Fraser, sapphires. Yeah, nobody knows jewels in this Crane household because, <laughs> um, like I said, he, he got them shits out of fucking In and Out. God damn it! So, but he just is like this is what I love. This guy's a psychiatrist. He knows like psychology. He knows like what should be good, and he knows not to do this. But he just can't help it. He's like, yes, they're sapphires. Sure, like I can't lie to her. I can't tell her this. So she's she's never taken them off. So she goes off into the world thinking she's wearing some fucking precious jewels, and um, in walks or and also very funny. Martin is. very he's itching to go to the airport steve him and his buddy are going to san francisco yeah, to um, reminisce yeah they used to hang out there after the war and they partied you know hung out walked the streets found a couple of ladies you know and uh, they're looking to relive that lifestyle go back to frisco late night or in the mid 90s you know and uh so he's itching to go and uh so as they're about to leave roz comes in yeah and uh take it away steve oh yeah she gets off the elevator as martin's getting on and uh you know martin says you know frisco used to be a prime spot for single guys cruising the street looking for a good time and uh fraser's just like you know some things never change dad you're gonna love it there yeah and uh you know Roz is moving her shit in and she's already getting calls for it to the fraser's uh answer machine Damn, uh, and, Roz. It, and one of the calls is paula garrett Rick's mom, her baby daddy. And, and I mean, you know, she Steve, calls a little background on this, Steve. Roz fucked the 20 year old kid, got impregnated, 
and that's why she's she's talking to these parents. This isn't a fucking like thirty some year old dude she fucked. She just banged some college kid and got fucking knocked up. Robbing the cradle, she was. And now she's got to deal with the fucking parents, Steve. No, they want. They're gonna think I'm a whore. They're gonna hate me. They're gonna be all over me. And Fraser's like, guys, these people might want to just see this kid. They might help you out. You're gonna have to call these people. And she's she's sort of. I think she acquiesces, or he just tricks her, and he's like, I'm calling these motherfuckers. We calling these bitches. We having and, a baby uh, party. <laughs> basically talks her into it. And she's like, okay, Lee, we, I got to meet him at some point. And, you know, we cut to, I think the next day or maybe later that day, Roz comes out dressed like Wednesday Adams, wanting to make a good first impression. Looking like Judge Judy. I mean, what the fuck? Totally. And I get it. It's a maternal wear, but, you know. You know, oh, she's, she's going to preside over some civil suits, Steve. That's what she looks like. And she's shitting a brick. She's got to meet this kid who she fucks parents. And God knows what the fuck. She's even, you know, and Fraser's like, look, Roz, this is going to be fun. You're going to get to see what your kids are going to look like when they're older. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And you're in this palatial fucking uh, penthouse that I live in. This is fucking, you're going to look It's great. a good look. So go, uh, you know, get ready. Get in this bathroom, this chill little bathroom I got. He opens the door and is like, hey. <laughs> yeah. What in the universe, <laughs> counselor? Don't bring the Garrets to the Coke party, Steve, because they no, don't you... take it all. <laughs> Mine or theirs. Um, hey, man, I, I, I've told you, man, Garrets are a hard bunch to deal with at, at once. Um, <laughs> oh, but these, I mean, what happened here? Because here's my thing one of them, okay. You guys like connected like magnets because you guys got fucking just straight enormous. You look like Ronda from Problem Child too, Steve. Post surgery, big nose, big nose, big nose. It like, how did y'all meet? It's just ironic that y'all have these huge schnozzes. Like, was there a dating app or some kind of like chat group that y'all had in the eighties for this to be possible? Bignosemeet.com. Big nose uh, hotline. They were sniffing uh, the air like fucking, like bloodhounds. They were like somebody else with gigantic nostrils is ten and a half miles away. <laughs> Basset hounds, so, they are. <clears throat> so Fraser sees this, and I mean, even this guy, he's been sitting here fucking singing the praises, and he's like, "Oh my god." He he sort of holds it together. Then Roz comes out, and she's like, "Oh, I, uh, hey." She's caught off guard. Oh fuck! And like, I also be just kind of paranoid. I stink too. I'd be like, man, I hope I put deodorant on because these people are definitely gonna smell it, you know. Really? And then this is just leads to massive amounts, just continual big nose jokes, like subtle big nose jokes, where somebody like Niles comes in and he's like, hey, Fraser, I just, oh my god, right. oh fuck, sorry, hi, you know, a lot of that. They can definitely smell what the rock is cooking all the way from Seattle. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's getting weird, Steve. And then Martin comes in. He's all pissed off. He's coming in super hot. I mean, he's been gone like a fucking half a day. And he's like, they're like, what the fuck? You're supposed to be in Frisco. He's like, ah, we fucking went there. We turned a corner. There's some guy eating some of the other guy's ass. We yeah. show up to a park. 
I think I'm married to my buddy. I don't I, like. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Uh, the watering holes are gone. The steakhouse is a sushi bar. Ah, it's just this whole weekend has been been one surprising event after. Ah, <laughs> ah! nose. Oh my god, they know nose. What? Um, hey, what's up, guys? So again, everyone's trying to not just acknowledge this and so just try to get past it. Eventually, like it gets so bad that like. Niles and like Martin and Daphne have to excuse themselves because there's a lot of like God we have a couple of schnauzers back home they're huge talking about dogs and Niles is like do you believe it's like laughing in church type shit you know you're trying not to and we didn't even mention Daphne when she gets caught off guard. She comes out of the kitchen like with with snacks that she made and shit. Uh, I thought your guest might be a little peckish and just like, <laughs> shit. yeah, they're they they gonna peck some. They gonna peck the fucking eye out yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, um, so they go. So they go in. Like I think they make an excuse to check the quiche in the in the fucking kitchen. Martin, Niles, and Daphne go into the kitchen, just start dying laughing in like an open floor plan where they definitely heard you laughing like this. You weren't hiding anything. For real. Like, and they can again, smell your laughs. And there's a perfect line read in this, Steve, because like out in like the living room, you hear somebody go, God, something smells amazing. And uh, Martin's like, probably japan <laughs> like so, so fucking funny dude that shit was funny as fuck. and they just start busting and that fraser comes in and he's like what the hell is wrong with you people these are just a couple of people with some big ass noses you're being childish oh they're actually nice people shape. if you give them a yeah. chance yeah. yeah so fucking just sit here get it together i'm taking this quiche out and we're gonna go have just fucking control yourselves you fucking heathens and he walks Keisha off. Lorraine. Yeah. And as he's walking out, Stephen Garrett gives her a great. He's like, I keys her. I only knew her. Hey. <laughs> and everyone just is kind of like, oh. And then I forget what he says, but they're starting <laughs> sniffing the quiche. And the dude says something. They say something. And then even Frazier's like, he excuses himself. Dies laughing in the kitchen and comes out and is just trying to play it off. He's like, Keisha, I finally got it. <laughs> well, uh, the the Garrett couple, they're going back and forth. Like, no, you're the nosy one in the family. Everyone knows that you're the nosy one. No, everyone knows that you're the nosy one. No, all the people know that you're the nosy And he just can't. He, he's had it. He's had it you're snooty like a lot of that anything they can do like it's like you motherfuckers know what you're doing at this point and uh so you know they finally like sort of it, we cut and it, they're a little bit further along in the party and it, it seems like shit's calmed down you know there's not a none the, the nose jokes have stopped people are eating they're not laughing They've become and, accustomed to the noses. Yeah, they've gotten used to it. Like a bad smell, you just get acclimated to it. And um, so now they're in the living room. And, you know, the parents are like, Roz, you know, anything you want, um, you know, we're here for you. Being very great, being very gracious, awesome people. And Frazier's like, uh, they meant, or somebody mentions Daphne's uh, sapphires. She lost it. Yeah. 
turns out <laughs> Stephen Garrett's like, oh, well, I'm a Sapphire expert, turns out. Let me go ahead and look at the other one. You know, and Frazier's like, son of a, they're going to know. This is like that Zach Moore's Gumby Gold shit in that one episode of Saved by the, like, yeah. they're going to see this shit. So he starts like, oh, yeah, yeah. like he has that energy of when you're seconds before you get caught in a lie where you're still like, oh, no, no, like trying to like, you know, last ditch effort. <laughs> like he grabs Steve Garrett. He yeah, like, because like, you got to get the fuck out of here. You're going to miss a flight. Something's going to happen. Yeah. He like picks him up by his suit jacket. Like, hey, man, no, you got to go. Your time have, has come. Uh, Even faked like, getting it. He's like, gets in, he's, he's like, like, oh, I found oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> you're petty as fuck, bro. He picks up a piece of fucking lint. Oh, I found it. Oh. Gets him out the door, and then Daphne's like, "Oh, thank you so much." And he's like, "Oh, sorry, bitch. That was some lint." Yeah, but I'm my- tripping. <laughs> Niles finds the actual earring, and now Daphne's looking at the earring, and she's like, "Wait a second. This." It came off of the fucking, you know, the earring and the sapphire came off. And Fraser's like, yes. And she's like, Mr. Crane, you've been bamboozled. And he's Swindled. Like, ah. And then he has to fess up. He's like, look, I want to see, I, I got you this. I, you know, it's not, it's not real sapphires. And she's like, oh, you know, it, it's okay. She's like, you know what? I really still like it. I appreciate the gesture. Um, I'm just gonna take it back to the jewelry jeweler you got it, and I'll get it fixed. And he's like, "Here's the um, thing." Um, yeah. I got them shits at Woolworth. Uh, Rite Aid's closed now, so you're gonna have to wait till tomorrow anyway. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's why it's all coppery. I got um, some hot glue in the fucking closet. Maybe that'll <laughs> that'll probably work. But yeah, he he actually bought them at Raymond's. And uh, Niles is like, at, at least they'll maybe carry uh, something for that ear infection. <laughs> Shut up, Niles. And uh, so, you know, we cut later that night. Um, or no, before we cut later that night, uh, Stephen Garrett and the, the mom come back and they're like, oh, hey, you know, before we leave, we want to give you these photos. And one thing that Frazier kind of gave to Roz as a consolation was like, look, they, these people have big noses, but uh, Roger doesn't. He's fucking, he's got a great nose. Rick, you know, yeah. Rick, Rick, Rick's mm. fine. He's got a good nose. So you're good anyway. Maybe they won't. And then the parents leave, come back, give them the photos. And Roz opens up the photos and is like, oh my God. Because apparently Rick's just got like a dick nose, Steve. Yeah, he's, he's ugly Jason. Ugly Jason. Ugly Jason. And apparently he had a hockey accident and the nose job changed his whole look. Thank God. Um, I mean, either way, Roz fucking banged the fuck out of some barely legal dude, which, I mean, shout out to Roz for just throwing it out there. But she's going to have a kid with a gigantic nose, possibly. And then we do cut later you know everybody has a little laugh you know a funny little ugly baby photo and then they cut later and Daphne comes back into the uh, like living room and Roz is looking at these photos and she's like you can't keep looking at these it's gonna be fine you know and uh, she looks and Roz is looking at some other ugly kid photos it's an ugly girl with a yuck mouth and a google eye and shit 
she she had big ears until she had them fixed and she also had a big black pair of glasses uh and a she had a lazy eye too yes one is she had a patch she was yeah. walking around fucking pirate style i mean Roz was getting like late 80s fucking plastic surgery as a child i mean that's some fucking straight vain ass shit Roz. damn be proud of your ears Roz. and she's my- like i'm just worried you know like i don't want my kid to get teased which is heartwarming you know but you know parent wants to have your kid get teased yeah, to know there could out. possibly be some ugly Jason slime ball character that might come out and you're just like, well, I'm stuck with this and you gotta hear this kid coming home all fucked up. Uh and maybe if she would have fucked a more handsome guy, she could have avoided this, Steve. Yeah, my kid's gonna grow up being called Noses Malone and Nose McGowan. And I think from Roz's perspective, this is a woman who, from what she's talked about on the show, has fucked many men. So it's like, I fucked a Seattle Supersonic, but I, this fucking high school graduate fucking knocked me up. This ugly ass fucking high school kid knocked me up. What's going on here? Like, I could have fucking fucked Bulldog and at least I ended up better than this. He's, he had he's a, quantum leaping. He's a coal miner now. He had a Stefan Urkel moment. Hockey saved his face. Uh, this is actually Roz's favorite episode. Uh, uh, Perryman, her name is the actress. Yeah, Perry Gilpin. She's a dope ass. She's still doing shit. She's still killing it. And I'm not surprised. This is heavy. Her. She be. I mean, Roz is a huge character in Frasier. You know, Frasier obviously is the main one, but she's huge. She's always there. Always. She's a great comedic actress in this. And she was in a show called uh, Hot in Cleveland. I think is what it was called. With Betty White. I think she was no, maybe I'm thinking of somebody. I'm thinking of uh, Daphne. She was in that. I don't think Roz okay. was in that. Maybe she was in it for an episode. But anyway, she has the that. most episodes uh, named after her in the title. Uh, be, behind Frasier, um, she has eight total uh, episode um, oh, wow. named after with with her name in the title. Uh, <laughs> so she's. I don't know if you could call her the second most popular on the show, but that does say something. Um, Oh, and also this, the Garretts actually got married later this year. Uh, the actor and the actress. Really? Kevin Kilner and Jordan Baker. Uh, they got married on October 10th, 1998, just a few months after this show aired. Yeah. Wow. And also, Fraser does uh, save a little face. If you watch through the credits, Steve, we see him actually deliver some real jewelry to Daphne. And he's like... You, you know, you can't hear it. They're just playing zibidoo-ba-boo-bow, yeah. And he gives her jewelry, and she, then she pulls out, like, a little jeweler monocle and looks at it to make sure it's not too gazy. So, you know, he gave, he got, he got, so he paid a little, he, he, he threw a little scratch at her. You know what I'm saying, Steve? Ungrateful right bride. Yeah, even if it was, it's the thought. I mean, he's letting you stay in this fucking dope ass place and all you got to do is rub his dad every once in a while you know what i'm saying and seattle ain't cheap shit espressos probably cost 25 dollars god damn it i will say when she brings a dude there's an app there's a part of this show where she brings a dude home and fucks and fraser catches him like leaving the next morning and he start he tries to flex and be like um you can't have sex in my house only one fucking is me yeah, <laughs> and I, he ain't Steve. He ain't. 
Pretty sure yes. I got like three pieces of tail in his time in Seattle, Steve. And it's at least that we saw. There's a and that's why he's persnickety. He's persnickety. Yeah, he is fucking persnickety as fuck. If I can't fuck, no one can fuck. Daphne don't have any random dick in this apartment. It's I have to have a sherry every night. I don't want to hear you being fucked to death by some plumber someplace. Someone who probably didn't watch this episode of Frasier Rise in the Schnoz was Fiend, the rapper from the No Limit Gang. Uh, as he released his ah! album, yeah, there's one in every family. Yes, there is, Fiend. Yes, there is. Fiend. Oh, Fiend. Damn, he got all the fucking No Limit soldiers in that. Dude, what No Limit album from this era didn't look like this? It was just a Rolodex of names of people in the label. Um, you know, it, like you see Master P, Silk the Shocker, C Murder, and Mystical, and Mia X, and, you know, Snoop, and all of them cats. Soldier Slim, UGK is on this album. And, um, you know, it, this is one of the albums I remember seeing because of the cover and because it was No Limit, um, but I didn't listen to until later. Uh, I mean, they just but, became a part. Uh, they got oversaturated, Steve. Because then did. you start buying No Limit albums, no matter what, and then you get burnt three or four times. You know, you buy an album where there's just nothing on it, and then you just stop buying them. And this fiend never didn't even hear about him, Steve. And I apologize to the man. Sorry, fiend. He's he's one of the guys on Make Him Say Uh. Well, then I definitely should have known about him because I listened to that song ad nauseum in high school. So. Man, this P, man, this ain't no P. This P, let me hear you say, uh. But, uh, man, this ain't this no actually, motherfucking P. This shit was actually number eight on the Billboard 200, man. So I that's mean, that's something. a credit to Master P. That's what I'm saying. This guy, at a certain point, got so big, he's like, I'll, I don't give a fuck who you are. Who, who's, who's, who do we got? You're going to have a number one album, and I guarantee it. And it's going to have some dope-ass fucking album art, too. And it's going to have a crazy colored CD case. You want some whores or you want money on there? <laughs> yeah. I want money on mine. Do you want, like, gold jewelry inside the lettering so it looks like the letters are made out of gold? Or do you want that in the background? Because we can do either or. And Who's we can be that dazzling. guy? Where's... The I want a documentary about the graphic designer for No Limit albums. Who was fucking... Uh, Master P out there designing these shits at first. Some some guy from the neighborhood who had Adobe. Microsoft Paint. He's just like, yeah. hold on, let me just bust. Let me put that. Okay, parental advisory. All right, crazy color. Got it. Uh, I'm gonna sprinkle some titties in here. He's like a he was like a ghetto Bob <laughs> Ross. I'm gonna sprinkle some champagne glasses. I'm gonna All put right. some titties over here. Take a picture of a Doberman looking vicious, please. Um, and also, Silk, can I get you in a Nate Dog suit? No hat. I need you over the. Okay, we got that. Okay. Somebody got to wear a bowler hat. Somebody. All right, Pimp Chalice. I'm going to upsize that a little bit. Okay, and we're good. That fucking. Man, it's still loading. Fucking dial up. Somebody on the phone. I'm trying to put chalices and titties on this album cover. I can't. I gotta get a bottle of Alize off of this shit, and I like, it's fucking rendering. I can't stop it. How can I have pictures of Dobermans drinking Hennessy? God damn it! Somebody's always on the phone. <laughs> ah. Any callbacks, honorable mentions, takeaways, my friend? 
I mean, just shout out to the No Limit soldiers out there, really. <laughs> That's all I can think about now is just, you know, those gold tanks, the jewelry, and just those good old days when we were just making them say, oh, Steve. Oh. And make you say, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> oh. uh, you know, 1995, Family Matters is airing the two-parter or the the second part of the two-parter we're going to disney world part two and i remember this because it was a two-parter it was another stefan focus deal um and it was shot live uh, at epcot um a place i will never fucking go to because it's in florida but uh you know pads was like the full house cast or something i think there was some cross promotion it was tjf in the 90s and they wanted to do as many grab balls as they could maybe it was step uh, by step it was one of those Sorry, all the way from Wisconsin. Down. Come on, oh TJ. Oh my God, dude! It's fucking. Where am it's I gonna Urkel. park my van? Come oh on, my God, God. Laura, you should totally get with the Irk man. He loves you, Laura. It's gonna be the greatest romance of all time. Fucking Cody. You smell like weed. In van. <laughs> but uh. Dude, and also, dude, I, I do not want to let my foot off the gas on Vince's fucking wrinkly, eely ass. Like, dude, I, 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 once again, I respect you, but I have fucking had it, bro. They took one of our episodes completely, like Thanos, never existed, and to podcasters who know the time uh, we all put into this week by week, day by day, uh, taking notes, the time recording, the time editing. Um, and then to just have the rug pulled from underneath us. Uh, what the fuck are you trying to prove, Vince? You fucking sneaky ass, fucking slimy son of a bitch. That fucking Stone Cold Stunner uh, that we that I saw at the previous WrestleMania. Like, dude, that was pathetic. Why were you even out there, Vince? Like, I, I wish it was really me, Steve Garrett, fucking give you that Stone Cold Stunner. It's the most pathetic thing, Matt. It, 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 fucking Stone Cold kicks him in the gut. And he fucking falls. Stonehold has to fucking bring his fucking Mr. Burns body up so he could fucking stunner him. It was the most pathetic thing. So it's like, dude, because you do shit like that, Vince, us, we like we try to remind the masses of how great your shit used to be. Because that shit right there gets no fucking play in the fucking Nissan. It gets no rotation. Okay? The current shit sucks. Roman Reigns is the Pete Davis in the professional wrestling. If somehow, some way, you just have this fucking hard on for people nobody gives a fuck about. Steve, he's a tribal chief, so we're going to lay off the gas a little bit. <laughs> Man, fuck Roman Reigns as a record stab, as a label, and as a crew. And if you die with Roman Reigns, fuck you too. And Vince McMahon, goddammit. I'm team WWF. Reigns, it's like, I don't get... It's like making a flavor of ice cream that over and over again, people are telling you tastes like shit, but still making it and expecting it to be your best seller. Nobody likes the guy. He's a beautiful looking guy that you'd see at a fucking rock concert somewhere making out with some trashy ass chick and rightfully so enjoy that. But he doesn't deserve what he's, he's always at like the top billing. I'm like, this guy Every is time. nothing. I don't get it. He's this. beating the legends, the, the guys that beat everybody. He beats them. Undertaker, he beat him. John Cena, he beat him. Cena, come back and peacemaker that fuck. Fucking Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns is like, I don't even 
like that guy in the band in the band you like, but he's like in the back, like playing a tambourine or some shit. It's just like get out of here, dude. Fucking, fucking vibe. Uh, fucking stump it. He's like fucking stumpa, dude. Fuck that dude. But yeah, Vince, all of that energy is directed towards you. Fucking I don't Mr. get it. And the product now is like I don't I tried to get into it again. You like people have tried to talk me into it, but time and time again. I'll watch old shit all day. When we have to watch the old episodes or the old pay-per-views, it's still fucking enjoyable. It's funny. And it's, you know, it's still good. The shit I see now, it's like, who is this for? This is not, this is like some CW shit. And there's some of our best episodes. Like the fans, the people who follow us and listen to us, they show the love. Like we get more. We'll have to just figure a way out. I gotta like manipulate the video enough that they won't catch it. That's what I'm seeing. Sometimes people put it like at a diagonal or something, so it's not, you know, it's like weird looking, but you can still tell what's going on. Shit. That's how they show. If you go on like um, YouTube and watch, like first take. Yeah. Sometimes they'll have like pirated clips of that, and it's like sideways or it's like diagonal. So the algorithm doesn't pick it up because it's not, it doesn't look right. I don't if that makes any That's sense. That's ridiculous, man, that you got to <clears> go through those links. I mean, it is um, what it is, dude. We're fucking pumping it out. We'll still do it. And if, hey, if we just have to throw a fucking couple of still images and you have to look at our ugly mugs all the time, then fuck it. Because it's still funny as shit. So, hey, Vince, chill the fuck out, dude. YouTube, chill out. Focus yeah, on finding all these weirdos that are trying to fuck kids on your website instead of... People just trying to have some fun talking about wrestling. Yeah. When you used to be good. Uh, now, please like, share, subscribe, comment. If you listen to us on Spotify, give us five of those stars. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, do some of that fancy shit they do with Apple. The five apples, whatever the hell they all do. Uh, you know, please listen to Over the Culture with me, Steve G. Crushgasm with Kendra. B3F Podcast with Joey and Steve. And don't worry, be movie with Amanda and Wade. This is Steve G and Matt G with Happen in the 90s. 90s.